This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. What's going on, y'all? Tyree Thompson back with another episode of First in Foxborough. Make sure you are downloading, subscribing, listening, and streaming on the Free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Just wrapped up some some defensive grades for y'all. If you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you go ahead and do that after you listen to this one and obviously subscribe and all that to all the rest of the episodes that are going to be coming because content comes out every single day. If you want to be kept abreast of what is going on with your New England Patriots, this is where you want to be, the big stories of the day. You've got to check it out. So look, arguably the biggest story of the New England Patriots continues to be on the offensive side of the football. And I've got to get some stuff off my chest here because this is something that came up on Mutt at Night when I did uh, Take Tuesday with him. Put that out on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, you got to check that out. Um, but it, it's something that came up on that show and that has come up a number of different times that people have have talked about Mac Jones and the state of the Patriots offense. And I'm hearing a lot of talk that Mac Jones is broken and that Mac Jones needs his confidence rebuilt. And he's, you know, bordering on, Oh my God, God, he's almost a lost cause. And, and how do we fix him? And I, I just, I needed to stop. Honestly, I I feel like I, I don't, I'm not with it. I am not with the idea that Mac Jones is broken, and I'm going to tell you why. There are clearly a lot of problems with the Patriots offense, starting with Matt Patricia, whom we've complained about plenty on this podcast, and just generally, I look, I'm, I'm going to say this. I thought before the season that kind of given the way things looked and, and, and the, the potential for, okay, things can eventually be 
fine that I thought, look, this might not be as big a storyline by the end of the year. Unfortunately, it is a storyline through the halfway point of the season. And maybe things can change. There's still a lot of, of, of season left here, a lot of game left, eight games left. But I think it has been a story quite clearly. And the story is not a good one where you have an offense that was you know, top 10 in scoring last year and like, you know, middle of the pack in terms of yardage. And uh, they were up there for a little while in terms of efficiency with the points they were putting up. Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback of the bunch last year and was a pretty, I don't know, like you could say he was like a 15th, you know, in, in that kind of range, like the 13th to 18th, like best quarterback in football or something like that last year, which is pretty damn good for a rookie if you think about it. And you went from that to now having Mac Jones looking like one of the worst passers in football. You have an offense that now is, you know, kind of mid in terms of, yeah, they scored points because Nick Folk's awesome, but you're not, you know, you're, you're not generating a lot of yardage. Yeah. Their explosive plays are there on occasion, but there are a ton of turnovers and you've got an offense right now that people are talking about as extremely predictable. Like I'm not the person who's really upset, like, Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, opponents are occasionally calling out the Patriots plays. But I think that when you've got people breaking down the film and saying, yeah, there are tells in this offense. I mean, things are pretty predictable. They're running like the same three or four pass concepts all the time. And you can see it on the film. You're like going back and you're watching it and like, oh, here it comes. Uh, you know, halfbacks going into empty. Here's a pass. You know, it's like, and and, and like, here you go. The, the running back's going to run a flat route and all four guys are going to go 15 yards down the field and nobody's going to be open. It's like drink. It's like you would have a drinking game based off of this. You know what I mean? And it's just frustrating to continue to go through that, to have so many people pointing out like route spacing, right? <laughs> receivers, like two or three receivers in the same area no, and nobody's open, right? To, to go through that and see people pointing out all these various things. And yeah, Mac Jones hasn't always seen the field well and he's thrown a lot of interceptions but he's literally not getting any help he's not getting help from his coaching staff he's not getting help from his offensive line where yeah they're scheming up a big play we're like oh yeah there we go we got a double move to, to Kendrick Bourne like they had in the Jets game double move to Kendrick Bourne he's he's get he's letting it go to potentially throw a touchdown but Marcus Cannon can't hold on to his block for another 0.1 seconds or whatever it takes for Mac Jones to get this football out of his hands and the ball gets tipped for an interception. Like, oh, Mac threw another pick. It's like, yeah, could you have just protected him for just literally a second? So I feel like there, there's this, yeah, well, you know, Mac Jones is clearly broken. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's seeing. He's seeing ghosts. Like, I mean, all, all the cliches that get thrown out here about it. Yeah, Mac Jones needs to be better. And there are definitely times this year where he's forced a ball into a situation he really didn't need to, or he kind of needed to remember that he was Mac Jones and that you can't just attempt a, a seam throw to Devontae Parker off your back foot and expect it to go well and expect it not to get pink, you know, picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick. Or, yeah, don't throw that route into the end zone where there are two defenders there because, oh, it might get picked off. I mean, things like that. I mean, clearly there are some mistakes being made, but 
to say that he's broken is to suggest that that there's no hope, that there is nothing going on that is positive. And that is simply not true. That is categorically false. You could go back and watch these last two games that look like a slog, that look like an absolute pain in the ass. And you can still point out a bunch of plays where Mac Jones is clearly thinking at the right speed and doing the right things. Arguably more than you might think. And particularly in the Jets game, I think the 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 lone interception that was credited to him, that was an unfortunate play that's not on him. I mean, that's that's pass protection. He made the right decision. He just didn't get you know, couldn't get the ball out and say, oh yeah, you could have stepped up in the pocket more. Marcus Cannon, do your job. I'm sorry, do your job. And then there was the miscommunication of Jacoby Myers. That was obviously a rough play. Um, that was the other com- miscommunication to Jacoby Myers where on, on the fourth and two, where he probably could have just taken the flat route there, but Jacoby Myers arguably could have seen the fact that there was no safety help and gone and ran for a touchdown. But look, the, the, those things are obviously not good plays. Those are minus plays that go on Mac Jones's ledger. But there are also plays where he's clearly, he's hitting the third step of his drop and just getting the ball out or he's still manipulating defenders with his eyes and and hitting you know Hunter Henry at the sticks or he's making a good read in the flat to Ramondre Stevenson or he's doing the right thing on the RPO if there's a light box and, and he he looks like you know the defender is you know trying to play outside he's handing the ball off right there are all these subtle things that he's doing that that are good stuff that oh yeah maybe it's not translating to 300 yard passing games but it's the right thing and it's getting the offense moving so if you're going to – if you can see that, how can you say that he's broken, that he's just irretrievably messed up? Because that – I'm sorry, that those two things don't compute. Now, the problems that I feel like you've been running into as the Patriots offense are you still don't know how to call plays for Mac Jones in a way that is going to both work for him – and also generate you know those big plays that you occasionally want. And you get this question about oh, why did it look better with Bailey Zappi? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, they protected Bailey Zappi with play action and literally protected him with more people, right? They literally had more seven, eight-man protections in there. So yeah, it's easier to look good when when you've got that consistently. And also, I think when people don't have a ton of film on you and they don't quite know how to defend you yet. It's kind of easier to ball sometimes when you don't have a lot of expectation, but then when things are expected more of you, like in the second half of that Chicago bears game, Bailey's Abby didn't look too good. Did he? Right. So you got to take these things in context, but I think that again, the other thing maybe with Bailey's Abby is look, he's just, they're telling him just, you see this guy, you know, or, or you see this look, just throw this ball. Just throw it. Don't think twice about it. He's like, okay, coach. And he's just over there chucking. He's just doing he, doing the best he can, trying not to think too hard about it. But I think that that's not how they're using Mac Jones. You can't, the way they're calling plays for Mac Jones, he doesn't just get to say, oh, I, I don't got to think too much about it. I'm just going to do this. They're sending him with empty backfields, four and five men in the route, and they're basically like, okay, we're no risk it, no biscuit, down the field, everybody go, go long, and you go ahead and read this, Mac, even though we're running into the teeth of zone coverage, and there is no one open down there. There's no one open down the field. 
But, oh, yeah, go ahead and you make the right decision, Mac. You go ahead and throw with anticipation through that little ass window over there. And, oh, by the way, don't get it picked off because then if that happens, we might bench you. It, it's just not feasible, okay? And then you look at the fact that in all – the offense is pretty damned predictable, which is something that you can you can check out on this latest athletic article by Chad Graff, one of the Patriots beat reporters uh, for the Athletic, and uh, Ted Ted Wynn, who is you know a film buff who does a lot of their film work there, and basically they looked at it like, hey, um, they don't call a lot of play action or a lot of RPO, which again. If you need to know why that makes it predictable, that means that when you put the ball out there for the running back, that means that he's overwhelmingly going to get the football. Okay, so that means that, oh, yeah, I don't need to be wary of play action here. You literally you see the the offensive line look like they're going to run block or you see the quarterback put the ball out there for the running back. You just go downhill. You don't think. Okay. And I think you can see that in the number of bodies that are always swarming around Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield, where he's getting hit in the backfield all the time or getting hit at the line of scrimmage. He's got to break all these tackles and fight his way through all this stuff because they just know that a run is coming. They're, They're not worried about getting beat over the top. And then when they do occasionally do play action, like say out of like under center, and then you've got those second-level throws open for Hunter Henry. You saw Mac Jones make one of his best throws, or his best throw of the day, a couple of weeks ago against the Jets on a play like that to Hunter Henry in a hole in the zone because the linebackers actually got sucked up because they were like, oh, my goodness, wait, they're doing play action? And he was wide open. Do more of that, please. That would be helpful for Mac Jones. But – Again, I've been vocal about the fact that they need to run more RPOs. And you should definitely be raiding the Dolphins' pantry. Whatever they're doing for Tua with those RPOs, you need to find a way to get that on your team. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, they got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. It's not necessarily even about that. Okay? You, you, you just need to find ways to put defenders in conflict to make them guess wrong. Whatever they choose to do is the wrong thing. And, and you don't have to have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to make this stuff work. You really don't. I mean, you can have an RPO that, that's basically just, just a whole-ass pass concept by itself. And it's just, it's just quick. And you can you can even sneak Johnny Smith into there. Like there's one play that, that the Dolphins love where it's like a glance route. It's essentially what you know, like a dragon concept where you get – a glance route, which is kind of like a little short slant post in route kind of thing. Just, just, you know, a couple steps and in, and then you got an out route or something into the flat. And then you've got coming underneath that, a sneak flat route as a JTO Sullivan of the QB school would call it, where it's like off of a split zone action. And then you get Johnny Smith coming across the field and then you get him in the flat. If nothing else is open down the field, there are so many options that you can put into there, but while I'm saying that, yeah, we should have more RPOs. That's good for Mac Jones because it's a quick decision. You can throw with anticipation. It's just easy, quick stuff that gets the ball out of his playmaker's hands. You look at the, the RPOs the Patriots have designed, and they're so unimaginative. They're so basic, man. Anytime it's an RPO, it's just a bubble screen or, or just like a, a little, okay, yeah, tunnel screen kind of deal. That's it. There are no other actual routes being run off of these RPOs. I mean, I'm sure there probably are somewhere in there. I just hadn't seen them as much. 
But I mean, you look at the Jets game, there's like what five different RPOs that five RPOs that they ran. And literally it's just either it's a, a handoff out of shotgun or you're blocking for a bubble screen or, or like a, you know, one wide receivers doing a bubble screen. The other ones are blocking. Like, come on, man, we can do more than this. And Matt Patricia and, and the coaching staff are just seem like they're not interested in exploring that. Or maybe they just felt like they didn't have time to do it. Maybe during the bye week, there is time to do some of that evaluation. We'll see if that starts happening against Jets, happening against other teams. Because, yeah, they did a couple of RPOs. They gave you a taste or whatever in, in, in that Jets game. But, again, did the same basic-ass RPOs. Like, they weren't even really doing the real shit. So I think that if you start wrinkling that in there, it could unlock some things with your offense. But, man, just so far, it's just the, the offense around Mac Jones, there's a lot of bad football. There's a lot of bad football happening at the receiver position in terms of their their route spacing, their discipline, how they're getting open. Basically, Jacoby Myers is the only dude who Mac Jones can trust, that he's been trusting. And also from a scheme perspective, you're not getting anything else out of Tyquan Thornton. Literally the fastest dude who's out there almost every single time. And you're not figuring ways to get him the football like you figured out how to do the first game he was in there hand him the football man hand him the ball get him a screen something short let him run and let him stress a defense you're not you're literally not using your best weapons to stress a defense it is so boring oh my god and then the offensive line where your right tackle position's been a turnstile one thing that came out of uh, Bill Belichick's press conference on Wednesday was that, I mean, he didn't definitively say this, but it seemed like he's probably going to be a little hesitant to move Michael Onwenu to right tackle, which is something that some of us have, have thought would be the best thing to do. So maybe you're going to see Rodney, could, you know, Yadnik just be out there at right tackle because they don't trust Isaiah Wynn. Or, hey, maybe Isaiah Wynn's going to be out there. Who knows? Maybe he's just going to be a swing guard. Maybe he's going to take, maybe Isaiah Wynn takes over for Cole Strange, even when David Andrews comes back. I don't know that I would do that. I would let Cole Strange keep playing. He was just, he was doing just fine up until those couple of games when David Andrews was out, James Ferentz had to be in. And it's just, yeah, Bill, you could say, like, oh, yeah, he did fine when he was in there. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever, man. Um, but I think that the offensive line situation also hasn't been good. Okay. You're seeing too much pressure up the middle on Mac Jones, definitely too much coming off the edge. And yeah, you can say that Jones needs to neutralize some of that by stepping up or, or what have you. But I mean, he's escaping the pocket plenty more than you want. And some of it's been like, he has to do it because otherwise nothing is going to happen. No yards are going to be gained because he's going to get sacked and he doesn't have time to let all these routes develop. He doesn't have the trust in that front right now to, to just sit there, let it develop, go through his reads, you know, quickly it's getting in some cases getting locked on to guys because he feels like he's like, I need you to get open right now. And guys aren't getting open and he's getting sacked or he's coming off a of reads too fast. I mean, if he can, if he feels like he can sit behind that offensive line, then I guarantee you he's going to start looking a little bit more comfortable. Okay. And again, it would also help if the Patriots decided to use some of their best playmakers more appropriately like Tyquan Thornton, like Kendrick Bourne, 
Okay, now's about the time. You want to go ahead and you want to start playing Kendrick Bourne again? Because I think you need him. Um, not sure that's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But look, my my overall point that I'm going to come back to here, you can absolutely say Mac Jones needs to be better to not force the ball into harm's way, which, I mean, to his credit, he did not do against the the Indianapolis Colts. No interceptions in that game. Well done. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot else good going on in that game for, for a lot of reasons, but there wasn't necessarily a whole lot else spectacular happening in that game that you feel great about. But again, but you can you can hang your hat on the no turnovers thing for Mac Jones. Now it's got you got to take another step. Okay. And he needs the entire unit to do that. Yes, you could be like, yeah, well, he's not good enough to transcend uh, you know, that often. Sometimes you need to be able to cover up mistakes. Yeah, okay, sure. But I mean, you could say that none of those other guys in his class, aside from Justin Fields, can you know have been playing over bad football particularly well. Like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has more passing yards and you know, he the the you know, some of the, the numbers you know look a lot better. But he's been bad at points this year too, in a not so great situation. That team got three wins. They're not like they're that. They're not that good, right? The Jaguars, I mean. Zach Wilson is in a great situation, <laughs> relatively, and he's been bad most of this year. I mean, so so look, you could just say like, yeah, you, he's you just got to be better, and he's got to play over that or what have you. But to have all of that, they had a good situation last year. They had a good situation and the Patriots actively made it harder for Mac Jones. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, if he, if he leaves, he leaves. There's nothing you can do about that. But then you actively decided that you were going to go ahead and roll with Matt Patricia because you wanted continuity, because you wanted to promote your guy or you wanted to change things or whatever. Yeah. I can understand that you, that some things were going to need to change, but then you put Matt Patricia in charge of that change and look, the numbers don't lie. It's not good. It was a mistake. Okay? like So the way I see it, man, you, you made this happen. Mac Jones's regression is on the Patriots. It is on the coaching staff. It is on Bill Belichick. With all that said, you can absolutely look at what Mac Jones is doing and really get into the film. Watch every single play, and you can see that, yeah, there's some bad – but there are also signs that the real Mac Jones is still there. He's still in there. He is still making plays. He is still showing you what he can do on a play-to-play -play basis, on a game-to-game -game basis, even, if, even when it's not perfect. So now I think it's just incumbent on the rest of the football team, the rest of the offense rather, to just play better football. When they play better football, he will too. You, you knew the blueprint for what he did well. And, and to me, you, you should have known how to build on it. And instead you did the exact opposite. You tore it down all around him. And then you asked him to pick up the pieces and do it on his own while you sat back there and played around. That's not cool, man. Going forward, I need to see the Patriots decide to put this thing a little bit more in Mac Jones's hand. I'm not talking about asking him to call his own offense or anything like that, but you better be getting input from him and you better be listening to the things that he says he likes to run and the things that, that he believes that he can execute and cut out this whole deal. We're like, yeah, well, you got to run this because this is the game plan for this week. Uh-uh. No, I'm sorry. Your game plans suck. They keep sucking. 
They're bad. Okay. I want to see the plays that work and I want to see the players utilized in the ways that make them look good. So the Patriots, they, I mean, swallow your pride, do what's best for the football team. Stop playing around with Mac Jones. Stop playing around with these other guys that, that you need to maximize and just do the damn job. Sunday against the Jets will be our first glimpse into whether or not they can do that. And it's a pretty tough defense to do a whole lot against. We'll see if they have any more success. I'm Kyrie Thompson. This has been another episode of First and Fox Pro. Make sure you download, subscribe, listen, stream it on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.